Alejandro is a screenwriter, actor, and theatrical director who wants to be on the forefront of merging theatrical story and augmented reality. JC does voiceovers and game design. She loves to power lift, and she dreams of owning her own game studio in the future. Together, two friends talk about film, theater, video games, travel, books, obscure anime, and life through the eyes of two working artists while they sit at a big-ass table in North Seattle. Welcome to Others at the Table, a podcast by weirdos that the weirdos don't talk about. Others at the Table is sponsored by Gilmore Studio. Located in Seattle's Old Ballard neighborhood since 2012, Gilmore Studio offers training in the Meisner Technique to individuals that are committed to developing the skills and qualities essential to truthful acting. All classes are taught by Greg Gilmore. Greg Gilmore studied acting with Sanford Meisner at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York, Robert X. Modica at his studio in Carnegie Hall, and William Alderson at the Alderson Acting Studio in Hollywood. Enrollment is based on an interview with Greg Gilmore. For further questions or to schedule an interview, contact info at gilmoreactingstudio.org. For more information, check out gilmorestudio.org. So, we did rant about film. We ranted about the question, <laughs> what's the point, right? We ranted about that. We kind of segued, but... I want to know, why did you like Harvester so much? What made you sit through all six hours of the playthrough? Because you're new to this. Hmm. Interesting question. Um, I'd say it was partly how well drawn and unique the characters and their relationships were. So I was intrigued how they would respond to the shifts in the world as the game went on. And part of that is I could see the commentary and I really appreciated and enjoyed the commentary and thought it was very insightfully done that the game was making on life and people that I'm sure the, the creator would have known. But also, the game kept doing things that I didn't expect. So there's something else in there about... <laughs> you know, Robert Frost has this saying, something like, no surprise in the writer, no surprise in the reader, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. And I don't know what it was like for Mr. Austin to write the game, but for me as a viewers certainly the game just kept doing things and me go and I'd be washing some dishes and they go what <laughs> and have to go back and and rewind it just to make sure that what I saw or heard really did happen what everyone has a certain part of that game that shakes them to the core and makes them go, well, fuck, maybe he's right. Maybe. Even as for a brief moment, which one? Maybe who's right? Gilbert. Like, the, the cat who wrote this 
he has so many parables in such gory, horrific ways that it makes you really think about it. It kind of tattoos itself on your brain. Which one of that, of well, excuse me, which one of those did that for you? You tell me yours and I will tell you mine. And you can have multiples, but no one walks away from Harvester unscathed. That's why it's a cult classic. I mean, the, the moment that made me instantly pay attention and go, this person knows what they're talking about, is one of the first scenes when you go into the kitchen. Right. And your mom is baking cookies, and she says they're for the bake sale on Friday or whatever. And you say, so why are you baking cookies now? And what does she say? She says... Basically, the point is that she's baking cookies like every minute of every day up until the bake sale. And by the time you get to the bake sale, she has baked and thrown out 1,200 cookies. Yeah. And so just the fact that he caught on to that amount of like the waste, that immediately made me go, oh, okay. I mean, I trust that this person can, I'm in safe hands, that this person can lead me somewhere interesting. Um, there was a bit of dialogue as well where you're uh, with uh, with your little brother. He's watching this very violent television series of cowboy killing lots of Indians. And you say, hey, look at that. Your mother lets you watch this stuff. And he says, sure, this is part of history. What made America great? And besides, blood and guts are neato. And the game response allows you to agree or disagree with him in that respect and it's one of the many small moments and I wondered at that moment if the game if it would actually impact the game the way that it related to depending on which one you decide I don't know if it does but otherwise the I, I guess this is a spoiler but you asked me so I'll say it yeah it's DNA's diner mm. and the way that she responds to that uh, the way that the owner responds to what you are tasked to do and have to do to progress in the game. Um, and because it's shot with the FMV, <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't like just sprites, it was actual... Human bodies. Right. And, yeah, just that everything she does is probably what's going to stick with me the longest. Yeah. Yeah. DNA's Diner. Yeah. That was a really tough scene to watch. I didn't get that scene, though, the first time around. Unfortunately. Um, I got the bad part of that. I mean, it was both of them were bad. But I got more of the reason why she did it, like what pushed her over the edge. Right. Um, so, spoilers. Um, you can play this either two ways. You have to burn the diner down for your initiation, right? And how you do it will give you one ending and how you do it will give you another ending. For that sequence or for the whole game? For that sequence. Okay. It can be the sequence where you do find her daughter and it could be the sequence when you don't find her daughter and the one where you don't find her daughter i think is worse than if you do 
I didn't find her daughter. Or, spoilers, I found her daughter too late. And, yeah. Um, that was a deep one. But finding her daughter too late, that stuck with me. A lot. And you can only return her purse. So this, I've had two games where I've strongly considered putting down the controller and not continuing right. the game. Um, I've done it both times because the desire to see what happens has won out. And but I was wondering if you've had that with the game where you, where you 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 were willing you were so connected to what was happening that you were willing to like not put a character through something or to not have to be involved with something whether it was morally or experientially that you would be willing to not finish the experience as it was intended for the sake of your own sort of principle yeah um yeah actually um Two games that I had to put down. One back then and one now. Phantasmagoria, the original. When you get to find out um, what happened to all the wives and how they died, the fat wife and her death made me put it down. It was so brutal that I was like, Roberta, you are amazing because you wrote this. It was so, so ghastly. It was one of the worst deaths I've seen in a game. The second was Lisa, which I talked about before. And it's a part where the protagonist confronts his friend and he has to fight his friend. And when this revelation comes out, <laughs> I had to put the controller down and I had to walk away from it because it's logical, it's rational, but it's not fair and it's utterly fucked up. And Harvester, when I had to bring Edna, her daughter's purse back, almost did it. But when I had to go into the lodge and I saw the babies eating Edna, and what she says about motherhood. That, that's Edna? Yeah. That's Edna. I did not know that. That's fucking Edna. And she gives you that monologue about motherhood. And then you can, you have to kill the babies or they'll kill you. Is it a different mother if you no. do save Karen? No. The girl? 
basically when you're in the lodge, all of those stereotypes, those generalizations you have to kill to, to get further, but it's more of like you're killing pieces of yourself. I recognize a lot of the other characters. Right. But Edna, Edna's monologue about motherhood. And sacrifice. And sacrifice. It did something to me. And it made me think about all the moms, even back then, that I saw who never looked happy with their kids. Like, you had some of them who were happy, you know, and they had, you know, multiple children. I had friends whose parents loved their kids or whatever. But I saw more parents than not look unhappy when, you know, bringing another human being into the world is supposed to be one of the greatest moments of your life. And I didn't see that. Maybe they were having a bad day. But that one scene made me think very, very hard about what it means to be a parent, what it means to be a child. And I did have to put the controller down, keyboard technically, and I had to come back to it like a couple of days later. I do think um, that Harvester is one of those games where every gamer should play it because this is how a story is written. Now, yes, did Gilbert go over the top? with a lot of his stuff oh god yeah i mean he is a horror buff so i mean he is going to make it gory and silly and stupid but Detective Loomis. yeah just the french pictures french girly pi- french girly pictures something like that the french magazines or french yeah, fr- french postcards french postcards but just because his name is loomis is one of those many horror and you know how he talks about racism you know and if you notice, uh, the Italian barber, you never saw his face. And he never says anything. Right. But he's always mocked. You know? So it, he had a lot to say. And he got censored all to hell back in the day. Like, Harvester came out super duper late. But when it came out, Germany was pissed. Germans like, hell no. Nah. <laughs> you need to censor this shit or we're not having it. Um, a lot of pearl clutching happened. You know, mm. it was one of those games where people couldn't believe that it was just this gory. So I found it super funny when the whole GTA kind of, you know, GTA hot chocolate mod gate or whatever coffee gate fucking happened. I'm like, there was a lot of shit back then that was way <laughs> worse than this. Like, way worse. So I never understood that. You know? But, yeah. Uh, I know maybe this is putting you on the spot, but did you get a chance to see the other stuff I recommended? Like, Dark Seed 1 and 2? I watched Dark I read about Dark Seed 1 because I couldn't find it. I watched Dark Seed 2. And I was significantly less into it than Harvester. Harvester had more of the story. I think if you're talking about the visceral images, you know, that's going to kind of put you in that space, Darkseed 1 and 2 had it. The first one, I think, was better than the second one. The story wasn't really solid, but the niftiness of using two parallel worlds Hmm. were kind of cool. 
you know? I was a lot less engaged by the protagonist. The protagonist was kind of a schmuck. I'm not going to lie yeah. about that. He was kind of like the typical 90s Pretty schmuck. Wingy, mustached. Yeah. White dude. But, you know, so many dudes who look like that back then. Huh. That was that was the look with the, the belt too tight on their waist. <laughs> Looked like they were in set potato sacks with those white ugly shoes. <laughs> that was like the 90s male uniform for game developers back then. It was like like an old ACDC fucking ripped shirt. Or it was like one of those ugly rugby polos that were striped, vertical striped. Khakis with the belt too tight. And those ugly fucking new balance shoes like that's all they wore back then like nobody was immune to that that was the style you know um noctropolis actually had some really good moments too if you ever get a chance to play or read that or watch that noctropolis from ea back in the day where you go into a very bloody comic i know right um so Harvester um, was definitely, you know, I want to go and just read some cool things about Harvester because I think a lot of people don't know about this game and it's one of those kind of cool little secret games that, you know, you can talk about it for hours because it's never boring to talk about and not a lot of people played it, but those who do know about it know what kind of social commentary it is. And it's just good, old-fashioned, bloody fun. So let's talk about Harvester. And I'm sorry you didn't like Darkseed. I thought maybe that would kind of tickle your visual fancy, but I guess not. All right. So Harvester, you can get it now um, from Dark Dive Studios. It's released, excuse me, re-released on Steam uh, for PC and Linux. Um, Gilbert is still around. He's doing some artistic things, but he doesn't get any kind of royalties for Harvester. They bought the rights and he wasn't included. So if you find any of his Kindle books on Amazon or whatever, kind of chip in some bucks. And uh, let's talk about just a little bit of trivia, just a little smidgen. All right. So first things first. In 2010, Kurt Kistler, the actor who played Steve, was arrested for possession of child pornography. Oddly enough, in his mugshot taken following the arrest, he wore a flannel shirt that is strikingly similar to the one he wore during that role. Uh, you weren't here when I was in the kitchen, but I was saying, oh, Steve, you're such a kidder. Ha! <laughs> um... The voice acting for the character Steve and Sergeant at Arms was provided by actor Ryan Wicker, Wickerham. However, for unknown reasons, he was uncredited. The game's designer, Gilbert Austin, wanted the game to feature a time-based night with a clock running at a compressed scale. This would allow the player to encounter someone or overhear a conversation at a specific location at a precise moment of time. However, early on during development, Austin was told that this idea would not be used, which is sad because it was used in The Last Express. Mm. All right, we got a little more tips, just a little more. Little. Okay, so if you know anything about Harvester, you know about the very eclectic 
and proud Colonel Buster. The gentleman who is nothing but arms and torso, and he has a lot of nukes. Well, I'm coming here. Uh, that didn't sound right. Well, I'm here to tell you that Buster is still alive and well. Um, his name is Graham. The actor who played him, his name is Graham Teske. And Graham does have a website called itsgram.com. And he is now a very aged and happy photographer of nature. So Buster's still around, and he's taking pictures of butterflies instead of his intestine. Just saying. Graham is taking some more pictures every day. More pictures every day. So there is one person who did escape Harvester unscathed, and that is the daughter, Karen. Karen, a.k.a. Regan Wallace, Uh, born 1987 in Dallas, Texas, is still alive and well, and she has been in the following shows, which you may recognize. Malcolm in the Middle, (laughs) ER, Hellraiser Judgment, (laughs) Deep in the Heart, and right now she is currently in multiple projects from IMDb. She is in Love is a Battlefield, which is completed, Bound, The Summoning, The Deadliest Gun, and I think I said Hellraiser Judgment. She's still working as of 2018. So she didn't die in the game. It's kind of awesome. All right, this is it for Harvester. Please buy Harvester on Steam or GOG. I think it's on GOG. And if you find anything from Gilbert P. Austin, I think he goes by G.P. Austin or Gil Austin. And it probably will be like zombie books or whatever. Throw him a couple of bucks so he can go and keep doing his art. But this is JC signing off. And I'm Alejandro doing the same. Good night. Good playing. And a good cheesy outro. This has been Others at the Table, a podcast by weirdos that the weirdos don't talk about. Updates every two weeks on Mondays, and check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. For updates, and to check out our blog, check out Last Train Theatrics, L-O-C-E-M-O-T-E dot me, locemote.me. Again, that's locemote.me. Sound design and recording is by Puri, LLC. Music by Justin Mehar. It's called Pumped. <laughs>